Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ow. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest for a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, <clears throat> identity, Woo! culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, cool as a baby arm cucumber. No. 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 I have fucked myself with four cucumbers in my wow. life. Yeah. Oh, the wow. little TMI. I mean, not at the same time. Not at the same time. <laughs> you sure about that? Yes. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. I'm a poet, editor, and a proud practitioner of the art of gutter sluttery. Yes! <laughs> I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and my butthole tastes amazing today. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I am using a coffee and sugar scrub that's specifically for my butthole. I really love that Lana Del Rey song. Yeah. <laughs> it's so smooth, you guys. It's so smooth, you guys. I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. It turns out that I'm a top in San Francisco, and my gender <laughs> is cum dripping out of your husband's ass. Oh, am I? Oh, but wait, we'll get there. And I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, writer, washed up, has been former figure yes, skater, yes, in yes, the yes, words yes. of Fran Torado. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes, yes. And. My milkshake brings all the zaddies to the yard. Does it? Really, but does do they it? stay in the yard, Dennis? <laughs> oh, sometimes. <laughs> no, sometimes. Take it back, Joe. Sometimes. <laughs> Take it back. Don't shame D. Fran died. Fran is dead. <laughs> <laughs> the park slope zaddies tend to cling. The rest of them go. <laughs> to be honest. Parks love's ready. Oh, They're ready to make family. They're ready. Yeah, Let's, that's why. Let's uh, move on to the menu, D. What's What you got for us there? Tonight we play a little game where we take you on a journey from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Joe leads us on a West Coast tour of first class thottery. Uh-oh. We bring a Don't little- do that noise ever again. <laughs> we bring a little conversation about what it means to be alone mm-hmm. or not. And for dessert, we do a cute little sun salutation. Oh, yeah. I forget what the sun feels like. <laughs> Take it away. Buck, 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 I'm feeling a little bit peckish. I think it's time we start our fancy amuse bouche section and to amuse our bouches this week. Dennis got a little game for us. Yes, Den. I have a little game. It's a little fun thing we do called Top Secret. Where in <laughs> where in we basically get a pair and decide who's the top and who's the bottom. And as we said before on the show, as Fran has uh, pointed out, we find the, these labels reductive and funny as hell. And, <laughs> but these for the binaries record, are tearing our culture apart. Also, they make great punchlines. <laughs> and for the record, we're a bunch of bottoms. So if we're shading anyone, it's do the not top. foreclose on my sexual identity. Oh, I will not have that. Okay, so I'm going to start a little easy, and then we're going to. Um, Take a, a big one. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oprah and Gail King. Oprah's Obviously, the Oprah's the top. Obviously. <laughs> no contest. Though I would imagine that Oprah lets Gail top occasionally. I would say uh, Oprah lets Gail eat her ass out every now and then. <laughs> I wouldn't say she full on bottoms, though. If, if she's feeling real frisky. <laughs> Like, all right, Gail, go to town. <laughs> the buffet's open. <laughs> yes. The buffet is open. I love bread. <laughs> hey, I sure your, hey, make sure your eyes aren't bigger than your stomach, Gail. <laughs> you get a butthole, and you get a butthole, and you get a butthole. Um, and meanwhile, so, um, Stedman's jerking off in the corner. Just wow. if he's mm. even invited into the room, I no. think he's and in that's this. like only on his birthday. Stedman <laughs> isn't even a thing anymore. No. <laughs> um, Cardi B and Offset. Ooh. Cardi B is obviously the top. Yeah, Cardi B has um, out in pu- in the public eye talked about like 
a strap-on. Or no, she talked about a giant dildo. Did she? She owned... She did, yeah. A yeah. giant pink dildo, she said. Yeah, yeah I love that. This is the comment where she's like, oh, I tell them to suck my dick. And if they think I don't have a dick, they'd better know wow. that I have a giant pink dildo <laughs> wow. in my drawer. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. respect, yeah. Ma. She's great. God, yeah. I love her. Although, I personally, I don't know. I feel like I can see her shimmying into bed being like, how you like it, Zaddy? I don't know. Mm. Maybe that's occasional. Twist. Okay. Um, Amy Schumer and Tiffany Haddish. Oh. <laughs> I'm guessing Tiffany Haddish would top. I think, but I don't know if I am interested in this pairing. I think, <laughs> I think Amy Schumer would sit in the corner <laughs> with her head in the like her head facing, facing the, cor- the corner with the dunce hat, <laughs> and <laughs> Tiffany Haddish is somewhere else, <laughs> not here. <laughs> Stand up. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like I want to make Amy do some work for once. So. Uh-huh. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Tell us um, how you really feel. Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma. <laughs> oh. Ooh. You know, Rem, I got to say, Rem is like a smooth criminal. I bet she is just like the, I bet Rem is like the, to, like the, 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 the like deep voice. Like yep. you t- sit yep. down. Yep. You know what I mean? Take off your Dominant. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like smooth, but like not, but not like not like necessarily aggressive, but just like definitive. Yeah. Like yeah. you're going to do what I tell and you I, to I, do. I yeah, like, yeah, with no aggression. Uh-huh. And I feel like it's Nikki just like is assertion. Sort of like uh, she plays so many different roles, and I feel like she'd be very comfortable. Like she has a lot of bravado, but I, I can imagine her just being like wanting to get plowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel I like mean, she's a lot like us. Where it's like we're such <laughs> bosses in our regular lives. Sometimes you just want to give it up. Yeah. Oh, in the God. red light. I'm planning to give it up tonight. Oh, <laughs> um, sorry. It's true. Black Panther and a Wrinkle in Time. Ooh. Black Panther totally topped. I'm sorry. Wrinkle in Time. It's just like lying on the floor, just completely unconscious. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> just like right. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> but it was boring. Uh, it, it was, was boring. Oh yeah, I was so. Oh, I wanted it to be you so won- good. I wanted it to be so good. Look, I gave them my money. I or did too. Yeah, right. You it's know? like that hookup where you're so excited about it. You've been waiting it for it for so yeah. long, and then it happens, and you're just like, oh. Yeah, no. it's like that Ariana Ryan every, every poem hookup for me, where she's like, <laughs> "When I saw your cock, my imagination died." <laughs> 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 Oh my God, Ava, come back to us. Do another one. Um, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Both bottoms. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. Just, Wait, I mean, you're right. I know. Double ended dildo. Double ended dildo. Wow. No, I never thought about that before. They're both getting fucked by that fashion designer in Paris. What's his name that Kanye's dating? I think it's just a thruple and he's the top. Oh, the fashion designer. I don't yeah. know the name. I don't either. Okay, well, it's fine. fine. Yeah. Um, Northwest and Blue Ivy. No, nope. well, no, not going no, into, no, not doing child no, sex stuff. No, no, nope. nope. can't nope. do that one. Nope. Nope. We are moving on. I hate you no. so much. I That's hate you immensely. Not something that people should be thinking about. <laughs> no, 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 uh, ever. No, no, no. For any reason, <laughs> not endorsed by Food for Thought. <laughs> um, we'll cut that one. Olivia Pope and Fitzgerald Grant. Olivia, unfortunately, was the bottom that entire time. We all wanted her to be the top. She's not. But yeah. she's not. Yeah, and- she's another, like, sort of, like, white hat, got it together, like, professional life, like, so figured out, wants to, like, be dominated in the bedroom. If she was... That's like... If she was a top, she wouldn't even be there. She Ooh. wouldn't be there with Fitzgerald. Oh, no, no, not at all. No, no nobody she- wants to be there with Fitzgerald. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I just want him to top me so badly. Yeah. Uh, nice. I do. I do. Um, we're going to get a little personal. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Alex and Kenya. Oh, oh my God. Neither of whom is in the room to defend <laughs> themselves so we're, we're, or each we're, other. We're talking about producer, producer Alex and head thought intern Kenya. And they, they have a little thought relationship going on. Which <laughs> mean they're girlfriends. They're <laughs> a long-term committed they relationship. They literally do everything together. <laughs> and they've started referring to themselves together as we. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wow. That's yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, we really loved Black Panther. Or like, think, we are getting I, burgers. I think they're neither top nor bottom. They've transcended that. And they just have sex <laughs> by like having their cells divide together since they're like one wow. organism now. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever yeah, see yeah, that, that movie Demolition sense. Man with Sylvester Stallone and Sandra no. Bullock? So no. it's 
it's this like post uh, it's like this futuristic landscape wherein um like the like people have been so and this came out in the mid 90s that people have been so ravaged by stds <gasps> that they have sex by putting things on their head connecting them to same. each other same same <laughs> that sounds great oh honestly same. intellectual intercourse is all i have yeah. <laughs> and i just have gonorrhea so <laughs> <laughs> so suffice it to say, I, I imagine that's the kind of intercourse that uh, producer Alex and Head thought. That's in Kenya. No, they fist each other. They definitely. Oh my god! They're just, they're You're awful. Fuck. You're the worst. God. Uh. Alex and Kenya, I'm so sorry. But yeah, I had you sent me sorry. videos. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Put your boner away for one second, Chad. I refuse. <laughs> Joe O, the science uh-oh, hoe, uh-oh. and literally any member. Uh-oh. Of the Alvin Ailey Dance Company. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Vada. There's no question. I've only slept There's... with one member. No liar. I, I, I don't lying. believe it. And and he's an Ailey too. So I don't think they even think that counts. No, I don't. We're not. I. You're. The, it doesn't it matter. Has the name you're in the it. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that yeah. question was rhetorical. Yeah. <laughs> the answer was already there. Um, Fran. Uh oh. And his Instagram account. Oh. Fran is the bitty bottom. Bitty, bitty, bitty. The sub bottom. I am. He I, does whatever Instagram says. Oh, I get plowed by it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I'm not in the mood. <laughs> the filters are the weird. <laughs> I don't care about my Instagram that much anymore. <laughs> but I, there's definitely um, a version of, of me that cared a lot. Yeah. Um. I mean, I just, I use it to post, like, shitty memes now and, like, bathroom selfies, you know? (laughs) I used to take it really seriously. And now I just, you know, use it to evaluate my self-worth. And, and, <laughs> and find the one man you sleep with every just kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's, that's true. the home of your digital relationships. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Teebs. And the giant six foot eight James Comey. Oh. James Comey! Wow! Oh. Wow! Wow! Let the record show wow. that Teebs tweeted that James Comey is, James Comey is 6'3". No, eight. Eight. He's six, eight. He's 6'8". No. Everyone is acting like him being a giant is no big deal. And it's a very yeah. big deal. You know he what? is six foot eight. Okay? <laughs> he is a giant, but you su- you were suggesting that you would hit it that. It was a simple, you- all caps tweet wherein I relayed an, a piece of information digitally. <laughs> Nowhere in that did I consent to plowed. No, you However, would be plowing. The I jury, think. Yeah. you would be plowing. I for think you would too. You would have teams. it no other way. I think I yeah. would too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> teams would finally top. But the jury is in, and you would definitely hit that. Yeah, we all agree. Mm. Um, and lastly, global warming and the human race. <laughs> oh my god, wow. bleak. <laughs> Lizzie, I think, I think the, the butt plug in chief thinks that he's the top, but unfortunately. Well, oh no, we're bottoming. We're bottoming for the environment. Yeah, The environment just has us with our face in a pillow and just, <laughs> just we're just face down. I mean, just biting that, that shit. No lube, just ask Puerto Rico. <laughs> you know painful. what I mean. <laughs> Not good sex. Jackhammered away. Jackhammered. <laughs> Jackhammered. Oh my god, like no bunny lube. rabbit sex. Oh it's like that god. scene in Sex in the City. Oh my oh. god. Like every scene in Sex in the City. <laughs> every single scene. <laughs> Just painful and you want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love Sex in the City. Me too. We do. Not How me. dare you slanderize this extremely, incredibly problematic show. <laughs> For our next segment, we're gonna dive deep into some gutter sluttery. Woo! With Joe O, the science hoe. Wow. I gotta pour myself some wine for this impure thought. There's a lot here. Uh, the The theme of this impure thought is really the power of the long game. Mm. Uh-huh. Ooh, I believe in that. Yeah, saga. It really matters. And I wanted to tell this one because it's an update to my impure fa- thought from season one. What? <clears throat> with wherein what? So what y'all remember Omar from season one, who is the man who on Father's Day. Got into bed naked with oh, my yes. How could we forget yes. this epic tale? Yes. yes. So if you Sorted didn't listen to season one, go back to season one. So the story is I was on book tour and Omar no longer lives on the East Coast. He lives, I'm just going to say the name of the city. He lives in San Francisco. It kind of it becomes important later. And um, Omar and I, after he got into bed naked with my father, I haven't seen him. 
in six years. We just sort of couldn't face one another. And we hadn't really talked about this moment that much. Uh, and it was just a lot of weight, I think, to carry on our... Like, we were friends, but not really that that close. And we had, Not again, close enough that your dad sees him naked. Exactly. And, like, again... And they lay those, in bed together. And, they, and, and my dad has to carry his passed out ass across the hall, oh right? So it's important to note that Omar and I have, like, made out, but never had sex or hooked up. Right. Uh, and we've had this flirtatious friendship, but like he's seeing someone or I'm seeing someone or whatever. And so I'm going to San Francisco and I'm going to stay uh, with a friend who's in town um, at his hotel room. He was traveling for business the rest of the nights, but I had one night where I didn't have any place to stay. And so I hit Omar up and I go, Hey, Omar, I'm going to be in San Francisco. I would love to hang out. We haven't seen each other in a long time, but like also, can I stay with you? Oh. And he goes, you know, yeah, of course. Like after what happened, I owe you one. <laughs> and so, oh. already, and so like, the nice thing about that was it just sort of gave us permission to, like, talk about it. To, like, have it be a right. joke and sure. to talk about to it. Talk kind about of take it. the air out of it or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. To take the air out of it. So I get in town and we meet up. And he's kind of shy and awkward. But he has grown up so much. It's Again, it's been six years. He's in grad school. He's, like, doing all these amazing leadership things. And he's just a little more – he was always very awkward, and he still is, which I find endearing. But he's so much more self-possessed and, like, a person who's capable of just, like, showing up and having conversations. So I'm like – That's sexy. It's sexy. And we already had a flirtatious thing, but, again, had never hooked up. So I'm staying there, and we go to dinner, and it feels really nice. And, again, so I had kind of, like, nine months prior broken up with Greg. And I'm, like, still kind of sad, and I haven't had a lot of, like – Moments of actual intimacy. I'd kind of been pushing back on that. So this feels like, oh, you know, I've known this person for 10 years. We've had a flirtatious relationship. We're having this kind of very datey-like thing. And we go back to his place and we're like kissing and we start hooking up. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, oh, we're definitely going to have sex. He actually, I kind of knew before we went to dinner because he was like, oh, you're coming into town and I bought you a bottle of poppers. Right? I was just like, everyone everyone knows. That's so romantic. On my book tour, I had so many people buy me poppers in every city that I went to. Wow, your fans know you. Um, Oh, and by the way, if you're playing the um, Food for Thought drinking game at home, we mentioned a book tour. And we mentioned (laughs) poppers. (laughs) All of those are, that's two boxes checked off. Emo asked me. He's plowing me. He's inside me. <laughs> okay. We have never had sex before. I've wanted to have sex with him for 10 years. Please don't I'm tell me you of, started crying. I'm, I didn't. <laughs> but emo, emo ass me is looking up at him. And I'm kind of like, how about we just be boyfriends for the weekend? Like, oh. it's, it's just like really. Wow. It's, oh, my God. Oh, it's like that oh my movie weekend. My anus is closed up. So, too many gay rom-coms. So, but like we're taught and it's like really nice. And so we talk about it. The sex is amazing. He has a great shaped dick. And like we're very emotionally connected. The shape is really, really important. Dick mm-hmm. shape is so much more important than size. And it was big, mm-hmm. but it was also very nicely shaped. And so we mm-hmm. kind of had this agreement during. It wasn't just during sex. It was also after sex where we're like, we're just going to allow this to be this weekend that we spend together where we're intimate and kind of, uh, you know, both hang out and hook up and go on dates. And it's just like this one moment Good in time. Good thing it worked out, though, because I have been on, I, I have I have Teeps. accidentally said something while fucking, and, and, and I meant to say I love your cock, but I said yes, I love yes, it. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, and it stopped there. Mm. So the next night, right, uh, I had been doing book tour stuff all day, and we go out, and we've been sexting kind of all day. And I knew he was dating someone, and no big deal, right? Like, he's dating someone. He lives in the city, and I don't live in that city. And, like, we're just kind of doing this weekend. So we've been, we've been kind of texting all day, and uh, I had been out drinking with my friends, and he had been out drinking with his friends. And we go to meet up at this bar. And so I get to the bar finally, and it's late, and I see him, and I go over to him, and he's with a whole bunch of people. And I knew the name, thank God, of the person that he was dating. And so I'm thinking we're going to have boyfriend weekend night number two. Mm. And I get there, and um, he Mm. introduces me to the people he's with, and one of them is the person he's dating. Okay, so he was letting you know. So I was actually remarkably hurt. Like, Mm. again, um, I wouldn't have been hurt if he had just let me know, oh, hey, the boy that I'm dating is going to be there. But I sort of had this expectation that we would have, like, another night. Like, it's – I love going out and dancing with a boy and making out and then taking him home. Mm -hmm. So – Weekend boyfriend is over. Mm. So I'm like, I literally, Robin came on and I started crying on the dance floor. Oh my God. But you were, you were actually surprised. Yeah, I, literally, I figured because we had this sort of agreement that if he was bringing the boy that he was dating, he would just like shoot me a text. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, the boy that I'm dating is coming through tonight. So 
you That's should know that. That's just kind of a dick it was, move. It was not a good move yeah. because I literally was about to go up to him and start kissing him because, mm. you know, that was sort of – and it was only that I had heard from another friend the name of the person he was dating mm. that I even put two and two together. Wow. I was like – So friend, he never told you. Never told oh. me. And I was like, this actually looks – this could have been really bad for you because yeah. if I had come up to you and just started making out, the boy that you were dating would have been like, what the fuck, you know? Mm. Um, so I was wow. a little – I was hurt. Yeah, and expectations are a motherfucker. Exactly. Don't have them. And yeah, so I decided – that, well, if I'm not getting love and I'm not getting intimacy, I'm going to fuck. Yeah. And yeah. so the next day, again, long game. I had known that boy Revenge for 10 sex. years. No, I just was like, well, I'm going to, you know, I, there was another boy in San Francisco that I had known for seven years. He was married. I had always been in a relationship we, when we could hook up. We go and meet up for a drink. I don't know anything is going to happen. But then we get a, ha- have a couple drinks. He's wearing a jock strap. I start That's how fing- it goes, though. I start, That's how it goes. I start fingering him at the bar. Oh, I then I take him back to the Bex Motor Lounge, which is, a, which is where I'm staying with my friend, which is a legendary wow. San Francisco cruising joint in the Castro. Wow. Ooh, and I plow him wow. in the afternoon and send him to dinner with his in-laws with my cum dripping out his ass. Oh, wow. Lord. Woo! Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. That is you, impure. You and, love a motor lodge. And you? I yeah. love a motor lodge. <laughs> and then that evening, so I shower up and I'm fresh. That evening, I went home with a boy that I had met through my best friend who I'd wanted to sleep with for 15 years. Wow. And so that night, we didn't end up having sex, but we like made out, hooked up, and I cuddled and slept with him. So the moral of the story is the long game really matters. Mm-hmm. That like just because you don't get to sleep with someone you have a crush on that year or get to have in a moment of intimacy with them that moment, like they might come back around. It's like like very yeah. Langston Hughes, like what happens to a dream deferred? Come bubble and somebody. <laughs> oh my God. Come dripping out your ass. And then come bubbles <laughs> out the ass. There's nothing worse than a fart, and then it's like come shooting Lord. out. Okay, we don't need to go <laughs> oh there. My That's God. my sexuality. And then what I learned in San Francisco is that if you can't have love because you're heartbroken, get a moment of intimacy, and that feels really good. And if you can't get a moment of intimacy, get laid. Yeah, that is great. Advice. I think that's good for any good- city. Any season. (laughs) That's just that's just a really good universal like idea. Also though, Joe, just to go back to Omar for a moment, it's very interesting to me um the way you described like what happened with the way that he that the way that that situation ended up being because it was bad for him. Because sometimes we sabotage ourselves Mm -hmm. in situations. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a reason why he consciously or subconsciously was a mess. Did not inform you and set himself up potentially to just like he was afraid of trying to get in trouble he was afraid of hurting my feelings right and what happened is that because Uh, he was afraid of hurting my feelings he hurt my feelings more yeah um and and i actually we had you know because again we're friends and i think he's grown up a lot we had a conversation the next day about it and we're it was it was ended up being fine right like i said you know you don't owe me anything but you really hurt my feelings And you should have just told me. And he said, I'm sorry. He owed you a, a little bit. Like, yeah, but if no. it was a verbal contract that you guys were going to be boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the weekend. But I was like, you don't owe me anything in terms of not dating or sleeping with anyone else. But exactly, you should have told me that you were bringing the boy you're dating around mm. because I would have changed my expectations for the yeah. evening. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just the, the thought's life and ethical thought. <laughs> I can't Communicates. wait for, I can't wait for Omar to listen to this episode. Oh, he listens uh, to every episode. Oh my baby. God. Oh, there, so you just did a dentist. Uh, are there, yeah. no, I changed his name though. That's you, not his real name. Uh, well, yeah. Are there any other incriminating details you would like to share I'm with actually about Omar? Like more, his address, no, social I'm, security? I'm more he worried about the mole that looks like California on his butt. <laughs> His sexy beard. Hi, baby. Um, I'm more worried about the married man because he and his husband both listen to the show and Ooh. he is not in an open relationship. Oh. So, <laughs> And he's really bad at cheating because he was like, take video of me getting plowed by you. And, then, he, and then and I did. And the videos are very good. He has a nice ass. And then he was like, send those to me. So on his phone somewhere are videos of like... Delete, delete, delete. Of like Mess. me plowing Mess. his ass. Like, well, what Dennis said applies. Sometimes he will be sabotaging themselves. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, and listen, other people's secrets, that I just... Yeah. <laughs> San Francisco was no good to me. Life is better when you have no fox. <laughs> it is. Because you always, pivoting into our next topic, end up alone. Mm. Wow. Wow, thanks for that. <laughs> you were just priming us for that topic. <laughs> oh my God, I need to say. Mm. 
<laughs> I think we've reached the meat of our discussion, the thought process, spelled T H O T. And this week, we're going to talk about all things alone and lonely, and maybe how they're related, or maybe how they're not. And I kind of have this feeling. This is like straight out the poop shoe, by the way. Boomer thought drinking game. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Couric, here to tell you that my podcast, Next Question, is back with a whole new season. New guests, new topics, same curious me. My next question. My next question. My next question. So here's my next question. I want to talk about all the things, like how we're going to get to a post-COVID world. Can you even imagine it? How to heal from the trauma of this year and how to find and share joy despite it all. Join me for season three of Next Question with Katie Couric. New episodes every Thursday. Subscribe and listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. But it's kind of had this like sort of theory that like, what underlies like every human intervention is the desire to not be alone. Yes. You know what I mean? Everything from religion to iPhone. Yes. Mm. And we're sort of like primordially tethered to this idea of seeking out companionship and, 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 and also protection, right? And it's like deeply a survival instinct or whatever. And we're always kind of asking ourselves like, are we alone in the universe? Which there's got to be something so terrifying about that prospect because one of the most sadistic ways in which people in our uh, prison industrial complex get tortured is through solitary confinement, which is, it's meant to untether people mentally. It does. Um, And also, but, but then again, there are so many things that are soothing that require complete solitude, like meditation, right? And so mm. much of what transcends us in art has to also be done sort of in solitude. And we do a podcast, which people don't really listen to podcasts together. No. Most of the time mm. they listen to them alone, right? In their earbuds or on their commutes or while they're cooking, which is super intimate, right? Mm. And so while I do want to talk to you or ask you more about sort of broader ideas of like alone versus lonely, um, First thing I want to ask is, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Because I feel like that mm. probably has a lot to do with how you feel about being alone. I'm an extrovert. This is Fran. I'm an extrovert, and I've been accused of being an ambivert because I love to be alone. And I do retreat within myself very frequently. Mm. And my mother has said that before. She's like, you really cherish you really cherish." Um, alone time and uh, you might be an introvert and I know that I'm not Mm. because I feed off of other people's energy Mm. but I do alone time is extremely important to me so what does it give you then if not the same kind of feed (sighs) alone time 
I feel like alone time is so essential to the creative process, first of all. Like, we have to be alone in order to do what we do. And, like, I'm when I think about the time when I was most alone, it was also the time where I was the most prolific with my um, scholarly work mm-hmm. in school and with my creative work and my writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that... Um, my alone time now is a little different because I'm not I'm not making as many things right now as I would like to, um, but I do find that that restorative element to it is really great. How about you, Joe? I am definitely an extrovert. I get um, a lot of anti anxiety from other human beings, um, and I think it, this goes back to college for me. Um, the notion that you have to be alone to write feels very foreign to me because I've always loved study dates and writing dates. And um, my best times in college, almost all the time in college, you'd be like, oh, let's, I'll see you at the library. Mm-hmm. And like, I would sit at, you know, it was like Whitney, my first girlfriend, my best friend, we would sit across the table from each other, both working, mm-hmm. you know, every few minutes, we'd sort of smile. Gradually finger yeah. each other. You love that. <laughs> you love the communal element yeah, of, yeah, the yeah, cre- yeah. of what the creative process could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I absolutely get overwhelmed by the world. And mm-hmm. I definitely need to seek um, solitude. But what's more important for me than solitude is quiet. Mm-hmm. And I actually really – one of the things I loved about living with a partner is how you can get quiet in a space, in a home, but still share that space with somebody. I love – actually, my f- favorite relationships and friendships are ones where you can occupy space together but not feel obligated to talk or perform or do anything other than be. And you still have a person around that you can touch mm. or look at or Well, that just means with. that's mm. like somebody who knows what you – need and they want and need the same thing yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean that's a deep level of compatibility (laughs) that i have trouble imagining Mm -hmm. um so i would say that i i am definitely an introverted person and my myers-briggs confirms that i'm an introvert um but it claims that i'm an extroverted introvert which makes sense because i perform a lot of extroversion Mm -hmm. in my personality and the way that's Mm -hmm. true through the world yeah Mm -hmm. everyone Um, on the who's listening to the podcast is like what what yeah yeah. but dennis like when you i mean you'll you know we see you here but Mm -hmm. i'm always like oh let's go hang out and dennis is always like no i'm at home (laughs) Yeah. yeah i i'm i'm really a deeply deeply introverted person i one of the deepest I mean, one of the things that I crave most in my life right now, um, and that's for a number of reasons, is like more alone time and more space just to myself and just to be. Because when I feel most at peace, it's when I'm in my quiet little corner mm. and all I have to do is like deal with myself. And so. Which is a lot. Which is a, <laughs> which is a lot. A it's a lot. But, hey, ain't no man been able to figure it out. So, you know, it's a lot. But yeah, no, I just like, I like being by myself deeply and a Mm. lot like i can take a whole weekend from friday right after work until sunday morning before i go to work and not leave my apartment Mm -hmm. and not speak to anyone a nightmare best that sounds like torture it's the best i love that i have to have that kind of time to myself it's interesting that like all of us kind of fare on this kind of spectrum yeah i don't think any of us is the same has Mm -hmm. the same answer for this Mm -hmm. i um am profoundly introverted Mm. but i perform like dennis said i perform extroversion and that's my job like, mm-hmm. I get up in front of groups of people, and I'm like, what's up? I'm Dominique Beagle. I can suck a out of a marble. Let me read you this poem. Um, and, right. and to the point where people come up to me afterwards and think that they know me. And then yeah. it's just, mm-hmm. it's so draining to hold conversations with people. Mm-hmm. The only, and I have to be, I have to be utterly alone for most of my life because that, I feel like it's like a meter. You know, like, um, like in fighting games and stuff like that. I don't know if y'all play fighting game video games like I did. Like but Mortal like, Kombat. Let's say I was like Chun-Li or somebody. Chun-Li. And um, like, it's like, you know, you're, you're meter gets like I was so straight Fran John Lee there's one it's like there's one straight voice finish her finish her <laughs> catch it fatality <laughs> animality friendship pepperoni team <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry but yeah so I feel like being social I have a social meter mm. and when that gets depleted I have to go be by myself yeah. but like the the rate at which it gets depleted is two times the rate at which I can fill it. So yeah. f- for every yeah. hour I'm at home, I have to have two hours alone or something wow. like that. There's some kind of ratio like that. And I was thinking a lot about why I guard my independence so fiercely. And a part of it has to do with the fact that like, I grew up 
on an Indian reservation in a literal tribe of people Mm -hmm. wherein like the needs of the group were more important than your individual needs. Like that was just sewn into me from the jump because I came from an endangered people. So of course, like our in-group had to be super insular. And it's like, I always felt the pressure that like, I had to have the feelings of everybody else in the group. Like we felt Mm -hmm. communally, we did communally, you know what I mean? And so when I left and I actually got a modicum of independence and I was able to be in my own head, I was like, you are not taking me back nowhere. Like that's why, and like, that's why it's hard for me to be in relationships with people because immediately when I have to start caring or thinking about somebody else, I'm like, no, we're (laughs) approaching an event horizon. I don't think I'm going to be able to get myself back from this. So it's like, there's like some history there that, that I'm curious, like um, one of the, through lines I think that we get on the show from DMs, from you know, instant messages, from um, emails and such are like like a lot of queers in sort of isolated areas who they don't have a lot of the same sort of um, uh, recurrent fabulosity in their real lives. <laughs> and so they, 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 they always say that like listening to us makes them feel less alone. Right. And I'm curious if you guys have some things, some people, some, some group of people, um, maybe like a thing of pop culture or something that made you feel less alone or helps you feel less mm. alone even now. Fran? Mm. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is drag and drag shows, going mm-hmm. to drag shows. I, I mean, I set aside time to watch RuPaul's Drag Race every single week. And I have a whole gaggle over every single week. And that time is so restorative and important to me. And drag, for me, particularly um, Sasha Velour's Nightgowns, which happens in Brooklyn at National Sawdust every month, I have not missed a single Nightgowns in the last year. Um, and that's really hard for me to do my <laughs> schedule. Um, but uh, because that space is so life-giving and I, I do not, it is the only thing where I'm like guaranteed to have a good time and I'm guaranteed to not feel alone. What do you, what, what about it do you identify with or what do you, what, what, what uh, space does it just <clears throat> kind of un- enlivens inside of you? I really am addicted to exclusively queer spaces or ones that feel exclusively queer. And I, I feel I feel a sense of belonging and a sense of thriving and a sense of self when I'm in when I feel surrounded by queer people. It mm-hmm. I when I first moved to New York, I thought I was gonna live here for three months network and then move into the mountains and like my plan was to like live in the mountains and like be a writer and i don't i didn't have like much of a it was Uh, i didn't have much of a plan i was just like i don't want to i don't want to live in a city that sounds shitty i mean it Um, is it is it is that's true i don't want to i don't want don't come here but i um it was uh it was pride and uh i had never seen so many queer people in my life and i have a very different relationship to pride now it doesn't feel so much like it's for me but at the time i just i had I was addicted to that feeling mm. and I wanted to experience it over and over and over again. And that's why I am the person that I am now going out four to seven nights a week uh, to queer events. Mainlining queer culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting your fix. I mean, for me, this is Joe. Uh, yeah. Reading. It just was always the thing that makes me feel so intimately connected to other human people. And the irony, of course, there is that it's one thing that one does alone, even when one is with other people. Mm. Like, it's really the connection through the. That's the thing is one reads alone and one writes alone. But uh, I, you know, in talking to Alex Chi about his book coming out now, and in thinking deeply about writing and thinking deeply about myself as a reader, uh, there's no more intimate connection between the writer and the reader. But mm-hmm. what happens is that there's no body, and the body be- is the book. The body that connects you is the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the text itself is the point of connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that I find interesting about art. That would make sense, though, because you talk about being able to be alone with somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're kind of alone with somebody when you're writing, that's, or when you're reading, too. A, and when you're writing, because mm-hmm. you're imagining the connection that you're building with that reader that you ha- hold in your mind, or at least yeah. that I hold in my mind all. Um, sort of all of the time. That's yeah. like, be, that, that, I mean, that sounds like a lot of security to be like, I am next to this person, I'm next to this body, I'm next to this yeah. book, and we're not going to talk to each other necessarily, but I know that you're there. Right. So I think that, that for me, in when I'm alone, and I do love being alone, and sometimes I'm just tired and need to do that, but like, in being alone, having my one body in space, it's important for me to remember that connection to other bodies is always not just possible, but sort of irrevocable. It's going to happen, connection to other bodies, right? Mm. Yeah. Dennis. What else, what are some things that made you feel less alone, D? Was it D? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> D makes me feel complete. 
<laughs> um, but I don't know if that's the same as not being alone. I one thing though for me is that like I don't know that I really chase not feeling alone because I mm. relish feeling alone. I think there's a difference between a, be, feeling alone and feeling lonely though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I if anything, I chase feeling a little more alone because sometimes I feel so overstimulated. But Well, I mean, the thing is, alone is just referring to the physicality. Yeah. Your body is not next to other bodies. Loneliness is like the feeling that you can get maybe from being alone, but not necessarily. But exactly. not necessarily. You can feel lonely surrounded by it. I think that's a yeah, common... Exactly. Pe- uh, for, Which is one of my people, favorite things about New York, actually. I was just going to say. Yeah. Like, it's very easy in New York to be... Sur- I mean, we are on a tiny piece of island uh, surrounded by millions of people, and everyone is so motherfucking lonely all the damn time. I feel the most yeah. lonely in a crowded gay bar. Oh my god, uh, me yeah. too. Can you, absolutely. absolutely. Can you go to a gay bar alone? I I can now. Um, but n- used to be able to just hate it. And now when people drag me out to gay clubs or gay bars or gay parties that are just like have hundreds of people and you got that oons, 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 <laughs> and like people are making out and and like I don't like them. If I it's really has to do with if I don't like the music. If I don't like the music, <laughs> yeah, I I have I usually fall into a depressive episode. <laughs> wow. uh, I'm not even I I'm I don't say that flippantly. I I get really dark. Mm. Um yeah. and, and it's yeah, that irony is very real, Joe. Yeah, yeah, and, that, that, yeah. and that's what I, the next thing I was going to actually ask, though. It's like with, you know, when we're talking about all these these gaybies who write us and like, you make us feel less alone. Like the thing is, like in the city, you know, you're surrounded by so many other groups and subgroups of, of gay men and, and queer people that, you know, you could be surrounded by queer people or gay men or whatever and still feel alone. And, oh, and I was going to echo what Fran said. is like sometimes it's it's in some of those like Chelsea gay bars where the I have felt worst. the loneliest oh. I've ever mm-hmm. felt in my oh whole my life. God. But isn't that, I mean, for me when I came to New York, I totally, I came to New York as a gayby. I was bisexual at the time. I still had a girlfriend. I knew I was queer. I was out to a lot of people. But the fact that I, when I came to New York, I was like, this will fix it. I'm not going to be lonely anymore because I'm here. And then, oh, my God, my first few years in New York were so lonely, right? And so yeah. the the notion that uh, I think that we have as gaybies that, like, this will fix it. I mean, there is, you know, until we die, I think there's an existential loneliness that all human beings battle. It's the sort of battle yeah. for a sense of self on the one hand versus a sense of connection on the other hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a that is a battle that sort of never goes away. And the balance is something that we work on. We work so hard on that for our entire fucking lives. Well, yeah. there's, some, I mean, it is really terrifying just to be like, I, can, I remember being a child sometimes and, like, having a, a dissociative moment where I'd be like, oh, and this is before I ever smoked weed or anything. <laughs> Actually, it might have been, because I think I had my first spliff in fourth grade. But um, <laughs> they oh start you out early on the res. <laughs> but I remember looking at my hands and being like, oh my God, I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, and it like took all of the breath out of my body. And yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. what is going, I need something yeah, to yeah. distract me. I was like, uh, let's go play kickball or like, let's go run through the sprinklers. Let's watch Red and Stimpy. <laughs> yeah, or something. I just like, I need to k- take my mind off my motherfucking mortality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Being Indian. alone with your own thoughts is fucking tough. <laughs> I remember I had a, a uh, I think my, it was my first year at Tin House. I had Mary Rufel as our, the mentor amazing Shout she's out. one of my favorite poets of all time she's also a certifiable genius um uh and she is a Mac- no guggenheim fellow anyways not a macarthur genius anyways regardless um she notoriously does not own a cell phone or a computer oh that's right oh. Um, you have to write her letters right yeah you have to write her letters and she'll write you back i've written her a letter she wrote me back wow um, she she sticks to her word um and when she if you are a professor with her she um works remotely and you write letter correspondence with her oh, <laughs> and God. that's how she grades your papers um and anyways she um uh one always talked about how like we we are a fund as writers fundamentally obsessed with feedback and it's a national problem mm-hmm. and a, a lot of that has to do with the failure to like get in touch with ourselves and she mm-hmm. preached that a lot because she is herself a deeply alone person but mm-hmm. not a lonely person mm-hmm. yeah and i remember she we were having lunch one day in a group and I don't remember why, but I was talking about I was talking about something stupid, probably like social media or like being social or something like that. And she goes, "Friend, when you go home, when you leave this place and you go home, I have homework for you." And I was like, "Okay." And she was like, "You when when you are, you know, in New York and you're on your way to work or wherever and you're uh and you're on the subway and you're looking at your phone, my my note for you is just take out your headphones, stop listening to music, look up and 
be with yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Like, oh, like that's ah! all. And I stopped listening to music on the subway. Does I literally yeah. stopped. I don't the, listen to music on the subway anymore. I was just I want to like be I want to make observations of the actual world. I was just yeah. writing this question to myself on my notes. Is social media a way to never be alone? I absolutely believe that Duh. like an iPhone is a way to never be alone. Yeah. And also to destroy the creative process. But, it can be your yeah. greatest tool as well, but it, it, it can be, it can, I crave my non-iPhone brain. Yeah. I, I know, mm. I feel like when I think about the time in my life when I was most alone, it is when I um, hated Indiana so much that I moved to London um, to where, to a place where I knew no one before I owned an iPhone. And just traveled everywhere on my own with no connection wow. to the outside world for yeah. like a very long time. That sounds kind of beautiful. Yeah. And, and it was extremely depressing, but it was also the, the most prolific period of my life. It was when yeah. I finished the first draft of my book. It was when mm. I created the basis of like what was all of my research on queer representation in the mainstream and like what I – it's the it's the foundation of everything that I use to – create the work that I make now. It's what sparked my interest Mm. um, in creating my work. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I had to spend so much time with my own thoughts um, that I was forced to make things um, with my thoughts. It makes me think both of our conversation with Jenna Wortham about Mm self-care and the value of actually just facing like yourself and Mm. like sitting when you're uncomfortable. Cause like, I think a lot of us when we're uncomfortable, we're feeling lonely, lonely, loneliness often leads to anxiety and that then we go to, you know, app culture, social media to Mm -hmm. sort of deal with that anxiety. And then I think also about Alex Chi's book and like exactly what you're saying, Fran, the important creative notion of facing Mm -hmm. your pain that you have to face your pain Mm -hmm. for your own self. And then also if you want to turn that pain into art, you sort of have to face it as a human being first. And we are often running away to distraction. And the easiest way to get distraction nowadays is like social media. So it's like if, if you're always numbing your pain or your loneliness with like the pull down on Instagram. Oh my God. Yeah. What are you getting to the root of? <sighs> you know, like what, what are you avoiding? Yeah. And yeah. like, is that thing that you're avoiding actually the thing that would fix some of maybe not all but fix some of the loneliness or well, yeah fine joe well, i i get into a relationship <laughs> well and there's also a connection though i think it, i mean outside of the pragmatic aspect of finding time alone helping you be prolific and helping you create the art that you want to create because you need that there's also for me a connection and this is part of why i began to embrace it when i began to seriously like pursue writing that's when i kind of really changed um the way that i dealt with myself and the way that i handled like being alone because i used to be a lot more social Mm -hmm. and like the con i feel like the content that bubbles up in those moments that you're, the things, the feelings, the questions that you might be trying to avoid when you pull out your phone because you're lonely in that moment. Like those are the things that for me are really important to be working into my writing in some way. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that form the content of the things that I've created and I'm working towards creating that are the most meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. And so it's like not even just a pragmatic thing. It's also that like, that that's the connection. Yeah, for I me. mean, you're literally getting ideas. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. how do you get an idea? You have to. It has to come out of. I think it has to come out of some kind of silence, a kind of connection yeah. that you're making when you let your when you let your brain do some work. Yeah. Thought Sorry, life hack. Um, I downloaded that app that tracks the amount of time you spend on your phone. Oh, oh lord! No! Oh, my God. No! It's called Moment. The statistically, the average human spends three or four hours a day on oh, your I'm phone. Way higher than that. Oh my god! That oh is god. not the the app moment. Is like we really. That's what the numbers say, but we really believe it's more like it's, six. It's way. I mean, oh, shit. I on a day that I'm traveling, mm. I have spent eight wow. hours a on whole my day, phone. a whole work oh, day. That god. is my waking life. Yeah, like. 
and 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 downloading the app has honestly not helped my phone usage. No, it has not taken it down, but it has made me aware of the times, the number of times that I pick up my phone because it tracks your pickups as well. Oh no! So oh. that I've heard about that before, and that notion yeah. terrifies. So now when I pick up my phone, I'm I'm a lot more aware of it and cognizant of it, and I hope that in time it'll help my phone usage go down. But like before this app, like one of my favorite things to do now because I'm really truly severely. Addicted to my phone. Wow. But one of my things that I, I try to do now is create like trigger moments where I'm like, oh, it's non phone time. So, like, mm-hmm. yes, when yes, I yes, go yes, 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 over yes. the bridge from Manhattan to Brooklyn, I always make that non phone time. Because everyone gets their phone out. Yeah. It's yep. so fast. It's like or, the most yep. beautiful view in all of the city. And then, but even, even aside from the view, it's just like a cute little like bell yes. that it's like Pavlov's dog. Or like, yeah. you know what's I'm, disgusting is have, have you ever been into a bathroom in a urinal? Yes. So many oh. men will get their thing out, start peeing, and immediately look at their phone. Me! Except oh. I don't use urinals. So I only pee sitting down. Same. I mean, my shitting time every day is my favorite phone time. Oh, I just yeah, let myself <laughs> literally do, like, whatever. It's, like, the time... Because I'm normally like, oh, don't do this app, don't do that app. It's like, I'm on Grindr, I'm on, you know, the, the Tinders. I'm just on everything. I'm just like, hi. I'm oh, like, I'm flirting, trying to set up hookups. I am... Phones are disgusting. The the root of that addiction, it has a lot to do also with like the root of of me as a social person. Like I Mm -hmm. go out so often because of FOMO. And something that I really envy of Tommy is that he doesn't have a single FOMO bone in his body. He has the opposite. I have JOMO. (laughs) (laughs) Joy of missing out. Joy of missing out. Which is a book by a poet named Anna Bajicevic. You should get it. It's on Birds Oh, it's so amazing. Um, but yeah, I uh, believe myself to have a, an unlimited amount of time and energy. And because of that, you're like, 26. I can go. That's <laughs> <laughs> my. Yeah. We're adding that. that. We, we are not. not. <laughs> we are not. Soon to be 27. Shut up, Dennis. <laughs> It's not um, love, boo. But, like, I remember texting y'all and being like, it was like Pride, which is like, I like, don't get sleep during Pride. But I remember texting y'all and being like, I just looked at my calendar and I made evening plans and went out 27 consecutive nights. See, I can't, I can't wow. do that. That's insane. I, 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 I would die. That. And I didn't even notice until, like, 20, number 27. Mm, wow. Like, no, I, I didn't I even, it didn't even occur to me. And that, I can't. I don't necessarily believe that that's unhealthy, but if I did that all year round, it would be. You well, know, you would like, die. I yeah, mean, yeah. you would just like <laughs> right. It, I mean, it's, it's your body reminds you. That's the and thing so, is like yeah. your body through God sickness. Damn. Your body I mean, just the you. idea of going out one night. <laughs> oh, <my> God, <laughs> and I'm like, bye. no. I want to know because I love making serviceable content for our listeners and things like. I don't like, know take what content home. is. You're like, <laughs> what are you talking about? We make a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is that we make. I I want to know. Um, what talk about a time wherein you felt lonely and then you learned how to overcome that loneliness and make it aloneness that was useful mm. to you um and something or you figured out how to be comfortable in that aloneness i have one this is joe i uh when i was very young in new york uh, and I was out to people who I was very intimate with for a very long time, but I started dating a boy for the first time. Uh, and that was a big yes. shock to people, but not to me and not to people who were very close to me. Uh, and he was deeply closeted. And so the irony is that like I had been out to lots of people in my life and was very comfortable being out. He had been sleeping with men for a very long time, but was not comfortable being out. And he ended up breaking up with me because he knew that dating me longer term without him. Mm. And it was a big, it was like, I had been in New York for maybe a year, maybe a little less. Um, and I went on a walk and I listened on repeat to the Red Hot Chili Peppers song, Under the Bridge. Oh my God. Oh, one of my, this is Teams, one of my karaoke oh. faves, by the way. Oh. And I um, had that feeling of, um, that I was on my journey and that this was a sad moment in that journey, but that like no other person was going to, you know, let their issues get in the way of who I was and what I was doing. I and don't ever want to yeah. feel like, like I, I did, did that day. day. And I was literally, I lived right by the 
59th Street Bridge, a Queensboro Bridge at that moment. And I was literally walking under a bridge mm-hmm. at that time. And it was just like... That song's a- about heroin, by the way. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, it is. Which oh, is like... I, also, known, also known as dating a man. <laughs> yes. um, and it was just... It was a moment where I was like, I'm going to be fine. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. myself, without this person, like, this person's journey is not mine. And I'm going to be fine. That reminds me of a quote by Tracy Ellis Ross when she talks about being 45, Mm. not being married, and not having any kids, where she was like, my life is mine. I'm going to pay attention to the reality of my life and the audacity of my dreams instead of the expectation I was raised with. Yeah. That is 100% like Ugh. why I love her yep. um, I actually hate that red hot chili I find I find the melody to be so grating I well, just like can't well, wait till I sing it at Tim House and we'll see how you feel about it true, true you can change anything for me uh, um, <laughs> oh you're gonna make it you're gonna be a top for teams <laughs> that is not what I said <laughs> you said you can um, change anything Dennis um, so I recently went through what I can't technically call a breakup because we were not technically boyfriends, uh-huh. but I was seeing this person that I was basically in love with and basically I'm still in love with. And wow. I just, we had actually like seen each other that night and I just was like, this isn't going to be a thing. Like I have given my heart to this person and this is not. Yeah, that was your first mistake. And it, <laughs> yes, it was. And also, I knew what it was going to be from the beginning, so it was really my mistake. But <sighs> Isn't that what it is, though? Um, when you isn't know that what, what it, it is always is? And you know, within the mm. first five minutes, you're like, oh, I... Uh-huh. But then, it's, then you still do it. And um, I was so upset. Like, I sleep very well. I fall asleep quickly. Wow. I sleep through the night. If someone wakes me up, I What's fall like? right back asleep. <laughs> oh, That's just God. not an issue that I have. I slept for an hour and a half, and I Oof. woke up, Oof. and my heart was pounding. Oh, no. And I felt so deeply alone and so sad. And I took about 15 minutes and, like, just cried, like, sobbed yes, into my baby. pillow. Mm. And then I was like, well, I'm not going back to bed. And so I got up, and oh. I went to my desk, and I worked on my novel I started writing and it was the first time I'd written in about written on on this novel in about four months and I figured out the end of my book I figured out all of this stuff and it kind of unlocked um Hmm. some stuff and you better put him in the acknowledgments that was a gift (laughs) yeah really I am putting his ass in nothing (laughs) (laughs) unless he gets it together because the sad thing is that we still text I uh occasionally but anyway, I th- but I channeled it into my work. My work is where I go when I feel alone mm. because I remember that part of why I embrace a certain kind of aloneness is so that I can do this work, which to me is mm. the most important thing kind mm. of in my life. And so um, I felt really good about that. I like doing the same thing except at parties. I like trying to – figuring out how to assert professionalism and confidence alone at social gatherings. Like, mm-hmm. that has been a great gift of mine. I, When I was the most alone ever, it was in London. I felt deeply unfuckable. I didn't have any friends. I was bookish. I didn't have a phone to connect me to any of my friends back home. Like, I just felt so off. And I remember, like, on a whim, buying a, a ticket to, like, a gay boat cruise party on Chris. It was a Christmas boat party that a bunch of gays were on, and I was like, oh, this will be great. And I had, a like, what was my very first panic attack on the way there? Because oh, I was so, God, yeah. on, the, on the tube, like, I was so socially anxious and feeling awful. And I had managed to, like, I had to take a moment and, like, had managed to recoup and got onto the boat and felt like shit. Mm-hmm. Because it was a bunch of gays at this awful party, and everyone was making out. This boy that I had, Ooh, on a boat, I know, and <laughs> I know, on a boat. Do you and have no sense of decency? I know. And this boy that I had had a crush on for months um, was like making his way toward me on the dance floor, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is it! This is amazing! Oh my god, all my dreams are coming true!" Whatever. And like, as he was coming yeah, over, yeah, he oh, like yeah. an- another guy pulled him over, and they immediately started making out. It was like cinematic. Uh-huh. I was like, "Oh!" And so I felt I. It really was the lowest of low. And I I felt really bad. And then out of nowhere, I felt like I had been possessed or something. But I made friends with the DJ immediately. Mm. And I was like, oh, will you please play this song? And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I want you to to play this. And he's like, okay. And like it was Ariana Ariana Grande was playing before this. 
And everyone was, like, getting down, and, like, everyone was making out, and, like, it was, like, a hot, sweaty, like, gay, slutty boat cruise. And then the DJ plays September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. (laughs) Not the Taylor Swift version. Uh, And Bone, no, Uh. the, obviously, the only uh, September that exists, and uh, very promptly, Boner stomps the entire dance floor. Except for Frank. I'm taking down this whole place. And I I just danced the night away, and I found such refuge in that feeling Mm. of, of, like, owning being alone at this party and making this space Mine. Yours. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Mine was, yeah. I, 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 my first boyfriend uh, ended up cheating on me with a friend of mine. And Ugh. I remember I was waiting for him to come home one night and it was maybe two in the morning. And I was like, my heart was just like, it was shaking my whole body. I remember mm-hmm. my hands were on the table and it was like shaking the table. Mm-hmm. And I like went out walking after midnight, like a Patsy Klein song. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It, being alone is way better than feeling this way. Oh my God, yes. And it reminded yeah. me of this Fran Lebowitz quote where she was like, that I am totally devoid of sympathy for or interest in the world of groups is directly attributable to the fact that my two greatest needs and desires, smoking cigarettes and plotting revenge, <laughs> are, are basically solitary pursuits. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also, Fran Lebowitz, oh, Fran Lebowitz hates men who wear shorts. She hates you. Fair. She, she does. <laughs> true. Honestly, it's amazing. True. Wow, that's a great note to end on. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Hello, mi amor prohibido. Oh, no. <laughs> Did our main discussion give you bitty bitty bomb bombs? <laughs> <laughs> Join us and all our listeners on Twitter, um, and uh, because we'll be dreaming of you there. Uh, and each week, we will pin a thought-starting question that just you know keeps the conversation going. It just you know gets you keeps you keeps you lubed up. You know, Joe will at you back because he yeah. can't be alone. Yeah, we will we will track manage. We will engage in conversation with you. Um, so yeah, join us there. As always, that is food. The number four and thoughts spells T H O T. On Twitter and uh, yeah, get at us, besitos. Mm, I've got that feeling like I'm full, mm. but I can fit <laughs> one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. Mm. My butt, my butt plug named Paul Ryan. Oh my god, <laughs> bye. No. Oh my bye. god, I hate you. Gone. So, <laughs> so um, at the time that we're recording this, by all accounts, it should be. Like springtime deep in spring yeah we should be experiencing some nice weather but winter will not fucking die this year mm-hmm. but by the time this show comes out I'm sure it's gonna be a lot warmer so we're gonna talk about something that is very close to my uh, spirit right now yes 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 yes, mm-hmm. yes and that is a tank top and short short weather yes can I tell you Woo! when we talk about games and sports I tell people it's only two games that I care about that is a scarf game in the winter and a tank top game in the summer my yes. tank tops are better than yours slut weather yes. time to be a slut <laughs> Uh, the devil is a lie named Joe. <laughs> My tank tops far surpass yours. Um, and also just like, you know, recently we were all at this Whiting Awards ceremony and my, and my mother saw the pictures and she was like, Whiting Awards? They call it because you're white now? She was like, she was like, she was like answer you, yes. She was like, you are so pale. And I was like, mom, it's winter. <laughs> but you know, they don't have winter in San Diego. So she says, no, but I'm just like, I'm so ready for that warm weather. I'm so ready to get outside. I'm so ready for my color, my skin to have some color again. Yes, you yes, know? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I just, it is like, I love nothing more than just going out the house wearing almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, and like, you know, that light layer of sweat that just makes your skin glisten and everyone else's and just sort of that touching on someone else and they also have that and you just kind of like your bodies it almost feels like your bodies get closer together because of Mm -hmm. this like shared sheen that you have i just i love biking everywhere in the summer oh that is true new york is a smelly place in the (laughs) summer and half of it is the trash on the street and half of it is the trash in metropolitan yeah it's the trash (laughs) in metropolitan (laughs) bar um it is my favorite thing in the summer when it's finally warm enough for me to debut an outfit with a new 
pair of heels, yes. short shorts, yes, 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 yes. and either a tank top or my personal favorite, which is to take one of my many scarves and tie it up into a halter top around oh my, my neck. God. <laughs> I do this all the time. And she does. I, I do. mean, she just does. And a flower in my hair oh, to wow. celebrate botany. Wow. Bo- botany? <laughs> botany? <laughs> botany! No. Oh! <laughs> no, no, no. Dennis no. Norris, the second goddess of botany. <laughs> Bo- botanist. Botany. Professional botanist. 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 It's like go. saying cutlery instead of silverware. I'm just like, where did this formal ass mouth come from? Botany. <laughs> but yes, I, I'm just, I'm so excited. And... The truth is that all of these items of, of clothing are also a part of the Food for Thought, like, formation origin story. story. Origin story, yeah. yeah. So what happened, this is Joe, is I was at Food for Thought, and these queens all knew each other, mm. and I was, we were there. I didn't know Dennis, actually. We had, we had met. We had, you had met, ju- like, an hour before. But, but you had just met, and we were at the sort of opening thing, and I go in, and it's Portland, and it's Portland in summer, so the Pacific Northwest in summer actually gets warm-ish, and we go in, and Dennis is in booty shorts, mm. and Tommy is in a tank top. And Fran is in high-waisted jeans, hiding all of his skin, like Fran always does, <laughs> even when it's hot out. I love this conversation because I'm just like, I'm so excited to wear the exact same thing I wear all year round, <laughs> which is black shirt and a Scooby Black t-shirt. Um, but I, mean, I, black pants but I saw them from t-shirt. across the lecture hall, and I was like, either I will befriend them, or they will end my life. Uh-huh. And I made it. I made it. Both my have happened. You were very. <laughs> And continue to, yes. Um, I will say one of the most unfortunate summers that I had was the summer I got crabs. Oh, wow. Wait, crabs are not a summer long, Teeves. Well, no, I mean, it wasn't. They can be, if you believe. Um, um, I didn't mean the whole summer of that. I mean, this was just like the worst summer I ever had because it was a bunch of shit and then I got crabs. And I didn't even have sex. It was just like from oh. trying on clothes or something. I don't oh know what God. it was. Yeah, it was immaculate crabs. It was immaculate crabs. Immaculate crabs. Um, but I remember because I was, you know, wearing what one wears in the summer, which is summer thought wear, short shorts yeah, yeah, and, a, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a tank top. But I kept imagining Duh. that like I was spreading crabs everywhere I went, that they were just <laughs> falling out of my shorts. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> in a way. Tommy you know, like a pathology. Tommy like, infects <laughs> everyone with crabs. It's like patient zero of yeah. crabs in Brooklyn. <laughs> just, just walking around in Brooklyn, not a care in the world. I wish everyone in Brooklyn had got crabs. I, I just want. I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, okay, it's time to go. <laughs> to summer. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our partnership with Into, an online magazine for queer news and culture. Head to intomore.com each week for a delicious dear diary from your devoted and devilish demigods of thoughtery. Our engineer is Alex Mead Fox at Spaceman Sound Studios, and our producer is the twinkle in our twinkle toes, Alexander (laughs) De Palma. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at HeyTeebs, H-E-Y-T-E-E. BS on all relevant social media. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on any social media you want. And this summer, I am riding on a 545 mile bike race. Oh lord! From I know, um, for from from San Francisco to Los Angeles, uh, primarily to have a fucking amazing butt afterwards, but also because I'm raising awareness and, and ma- money for blisters. Yes, yeah, true. And, and hemorrhoids. Uh, um, it to help me fight AIDS. So um, uh, click on the links in all of my social media. Bio to help me reach my goal. I am Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com and there you'll find all the information about a motherfucking tour I'm doing with this motherfucker, Tommy Pico. And also, I'm going to be in the South this summer. Dates to come, but you'll find all that information on my website. It's going to be Atlanta. It's going to be fucking Mississippi. It's going to be Arkansas. See me. And I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can find me at my website, www.dennisnorrisii.com, where you will find links to my chat book. Buy my chat book for collected stories. Yes. It's kind of okay. Dennis mm. Norris II, nobody's junior. You can listen to Food for Thought on Apple Podcasts or wherever you catch golden audio goodness. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to increase our visibility and up Joe's chances of landing a man. No, 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 <laughs> not happening. No. Find us on Twitter and Facebook as Food for Thought Pod, and on Instagram as Gay. 
sluts who read. Sign up for our newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and an extra delightful content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts about her. T-H-O-T. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Good night. Better exfoliate your butthole. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.